Hello and welcome back to the Inside Out podcast. For this episode, I have an interview with Danielle, a care experience person who this year was on the Late Late Show and was interviewed about her care experience in care and even care. I think everyone that has watched her interview with Ryan Tuberty can agree how needed Danielle's voice and experience is. We talked about a lot this episode, from leaving care pressure and restrictions, risk of homelessness when you have care experience, negative impacts of stereotypes, residential care, and finally, how we're working to change that. I hope you enjoyed, guys. So I guess my first question is, is why did you want to get into talking about like what we're going to be talking about today? So like issues around the care system and stuff like that. Like what made you kind of think like this is something that I want to be a part of in, in changing? Um, so basically I for years like um, I was always afraid to talk about my experience and um, like I was told that no one should know that I was in care and then I went to college and I done two years in social studies and I actually went to do my work experience in Epic and um, three years ago I think it was I started my I was part of care day for the first time and I realized that like the work that like Epic do and stuff is like to help break down the negatives and the stereotypes attached with young people in care um so like that really really opened my eyes up a lot like and I realized that I shouldn't be ashamed of where I came from and what I've been through um that I I should express it and to try and like help other people um in similar situations to what I've been through um so it was really just kind of just just to help like spread awareness that we're, we're not all bad and like we might have come from a different path to other people but like we all have the same goal as like anyone that's like lives at home with mom and dad and stuff like so it was just kind of it was just an eye-opener kind of working with epic um and like i met all you guys on the council and i realized that like you guys are like my family as well um so I feel like, the same, by I the way. Yeah. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, in case people think that, like, I'm just no. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, I, I would have been the exact same joining the council, like, so similar. I um, I just heard about that there was this thing going on um, for young people with, like, care experience, like, so growing up in foster care or residential care, and just wanting to make a difference or trying to get like that experience out there with a bigger voice because we're all collective you know like meeting all you guys it feels normal like it's normal talking about like social workers because everybody kind of understands what a social worker is and like kind of foster care residential care like you don't have to sit down and like explain it to someone that's not Mm. from the care system where like it just rolls off my tongue and people aren't standing there staring at you with 10 heads when I go and meet the council because they haven't got a clue what I'm talking about where everyone kind of is from similar um situations so they kind of yeah. they know exactly what I'm talking about like and I don't have to explain it so yeah mm. it's just s- normal to me and speaking of like similar like experiences like we only found out like maybe god a little while ago that like me and Danielle like lived in the same place at one point 
at different times, but like at the same point is like, so it just shows how small the world actually is, you know? Oh my God. I remember that. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I was like, the two of us were sitting there talking about it and then a light bulb like clicked and we're like, you live there? I live there. It was like, yeah. oh my God, when, where, what, how? Yeah. <laughs> It was. <laughs> it was quite. So it just shows like that there is that kind of shared experience like that um that we have like you know that the, and the council members have like but that was just crazy you know that we, we shared that. <laughs> um. That funny. Yeah. So and then we all and then we both ended up on the on the council um and then so do you want to maybe talk a bit about some of the stuff that we've done? Yeah. So. I've been on the council what maybe two years it's going into three years now mm. um and we've actually done loads of work now that I think about it um <laughs> thankfully at, at, at the minute like obviously things have been put on hold but um we started off by kind of creating the council and to see what our kind of goal was and what kind of everyone wanted to get out of from being on the council um so that's how that all started and then we met with uh, the minister um that well the old minister catching Sapona yeah uh, or Sapone um we wrote her a letter and we went to, we went on a trip to the doll actually uh to hand deliver her this letter mm. um then we we had Care Day um, the following year, uh, which was bigger than my first year. Um, so Care Day now is celebrated on the third Friday in February. Um, and it is Thank God you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> it's now an international uh, celebration. Um, what else? Oh, I also went to Zagreb. I got the opportunity to go to Zagreb uh, to represent Ireland um, at the Careleavers Network Europe. I think I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that right. I do. I think it is. It's Careleavers Europe. Careleavers Network Europe. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you're right. Yeah. And there was twelve different countries there. Mm. Um, all all there to go back um we're all there to collect information um in a report to go to brussels to a big committee um to try and get care changed across europe um yeah and to have like laws and stuff in place uh, across the border that's not one rule for ireland and like romanians have a different rule and like that it's the same same standard of care across the board um yeah. oh we were myself and yourself were on the late late show this this year um oh, yeah. in february this year for care day yeah that was it. like uh, the most the best part about that was just meeting ryan ryan Turbody. <laughs> oh absolutely like i mean i i was shell-shocked i was like yeah. i'm yeah. sitting on ryan Turbody's couch <laughs> <laughs> i know isn't that crazy like yeah we we get to say that like we did we did actually talk about important I, stuff but, <laughs> but yeah. the couch is the most important part. It was, it was strictly business but like yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah, like but, I'm missing 
something as well. Like, I think we we do a lot of in-house stuff. There's and... a, yeah, there's a lot of like meetings and stuff that we do, and mm. in preparation for this, yeah. like sort of stuff, like we go like we go to colleges and we give talks in colleges to up and coming social workers and social care workers yeah. um, to tell them kind of how to, pre- how like the best way to practice. Um, yeah. Obviously like our experience, like I know yourself, you're studying to be a social worker, like mm. your experience, you can't teach that to somebody. Like yeah, that's you all. Have it, like, yeah. Yeah, like you kind of have an upper hand as such because you've you're the lived experience and you like you just know what works and what doesn't work. Where because you've experienced other, other it. people that are studying, yeah, where other people are studying, they're getting told, oh, this is this is the right way and this is this is such and such like this is how like you become a social girl or whatever. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. Sometimes mm. I think it's the the lived experience that tend to be the better kind of social workers and social care workers because we are the lived experience yeah and even like i've just that it's just being able to relate to someone is so important you know i've i've been talking to a few people like with care experience and it's like if you've said it previously it's just there's something really important about getting to sit down and talk with people that are care experienced someone that people that share that experience because they just have the understanding you know yeah, like I remember when I was in my last residential unit, um, like say if I was like angry or upset or whatever, like about something that like same social worker done or like something that staff done or whatever, the staff used to be like to me, oh, like I know how you feel and I know where you're coming from. It's like you don't know how I feel. Mm. Like you don't understand how how heartbreaking it is. Like or how how horrible it is like when your social worker is telling you that you can't do a certain thing like Mm. you can't really like a person outside the care system like cannot kind of give that empathy where someone that has been through the system like and they walk in your shoes yeah yeah can Mm. actually really empathize with this person be like i went through this i know how you feel where like obviously they like the staff or whatever we're trying to like make me feel better and stuff but like that was the one thing that i used to always say but you don't know how i feel yeah and yeah. like i think now they kind of under understood because i'm still in contact with them and, um and like we always joke and all about stuff um mm. but i think now they they kind of realize what i what i meant like considering now all the work that i do now with epic yeah yeah i they, yeah that's so true actually you'd almost wish that like professionals that we meet like would be just honest and be like i actually don't know what you're going through but if you tell me yeah do you know i can you know, understand like, a little bit better so that like, not, yeah yeah it's it's such a it's such, so weird <laughs> yeah but i think that's why it's great that we have the council because we can kind of say that and you're dead right like you know about going out to um uh, like the social work classes and the social care classes and stuff to let them know that like like that there there are these issues like I remember I was given a talk to um a class in like it was a I think it was a social science class so like people that would maybe possibly do social work later in life and it was yeah. um I had I had brought up that like a social worker won't ever tell you that you need 
that you need ID to buy like knives, you know, in because yeah. like because you because you they you can't buy it without ID, and so that you need to have ID to be able to like cut your pizza or you know or to um like just sit down and have a normal dinner if you're living on your own at eighteen. Yeah, that's and it. Like it, it's so mad yeah. because because like one day like literally on on a Tuesday you're seventy and your birthday's on the Wednesday. And then mm. on the tourist day, you're expected to be an adult and you're expected then at 18 to be this independent um, person and to know kind of um, how, how to kind of support yourself. And yeah. like you're supposed to then be looking at your future of like, and when you turn 18 in most residential units, you have to leave because yeah, you're being an adult. Yeah. But like when you're 18, I don't know about you, but when I was 18... You're still I a wanted, kid. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to be a gym instructor, man. Like, I thought I was going to be, like, in the gym, ripped to bits, like, and now look at yeah. me, I'm... Uh, I work in childcare, but I, I still... Like, I want to be... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's so different. I thought, like, for years, from the age of 16, I was like, no, no, I want to be in the gym, I want to be in the gym. Now I'm like, give me all the carbs that are in my press so that I can pile them on. Like, I, mm. the gym and me just are, are not friends at the minute. But yeah, now, like, at 18, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted, but I was expected to, to like, know everything, to yeah. pay all my bills and to, like, live in a house by myself and cook yeah. and clean and all this. Have, yeah, have everything sorted out, you know. When we see yeah. more and more that, like, people that don't have care experience and that are living with their family like they don't they don't move out until they're like 30s now do you know we're seeing that like yeah. I, I i was only saying to someone it's i don't think it's very fair that um we have a house in crisis and care and, and care experience people particularly those in residential care are still expected to leave at 18 and just like do it do you know just like yeah. survive do you know so hard like like yeah. if you ask like Johnny across the road there, say, like, who's turning 80 in, like, tomorrow? Like, mm. is his mom and dad going to kick him out? They're going to be like, no, that's me, like, me child. Like, I'm, yeah, I'd never kick him out, yeah. Like, he's not ready to, to leave, never mind anything else, like, where we don't yeah. have a choice in that matter. Yeah, like, it's like you have to be ready. We're going to that choice. Yeah, and I think that's like why I like I'm pro and the same for you as well, Danielle. I say like that's why I wanted to join the council because I experienced this moving out at eighteen, and I was like, this can't happen again for other young people that come after me. Do you know? No, there there needs to be more kind of supports put yeah. in place, um, and yeah. like I know some some kind of aftercare carers have like access to like supported kind of housing and supported like aftercare facilities but mm. there's not many of them around anymore like yeah and even then it's like I've, there's time limits on it like do you know like yeah. it could be only a year that you get that and like there's like there's no difference between 18 and 19 do you know <laughs> no there, there's really not like yeah. you're still not matured it's like what did they say? Like your your the front of your crown or something? Like only fully develops for like when you're twenty five. Like so, like my yeah. stepmom used to say to me, uh, "Oh, like you're still gonna make mistakes. Like 
and the front of your crown stuff like doesn't fully form till you're 25 and you're gonna yeah. mess up and you're gonna do all this is like when you're 18 like you're gonna mess up big time like i'm mm. 25 now and i still mess up like i'm not perfect nobody's yeah. perfect like i'm pretty sure like my stepmom i'm not gonna say her age because you know she's a lady and stuff but like she's an older older lady like and she still makes mistakes so like everyone still makes mistakes like well yeah Yeah. you're you're like it's looked like it's frowned upon like if you're kind of like a cheerleader and you mess up yeah yeah because you're supposed to you're supposed to know you're supposed to have have your life together pretty much at 18 yeah it's not the case it's really not no, the case. No, and I, yeah, it's it's that pressure, you know. Well, um, I, like I, I like you know, and you've definitely been such like an activist. So what, just I, I've been on the council two years, so like I think I think I've only just turned two years in the council. So I think like last week it was my birthday or something <laughs> for the council. But like that's one thing that I have always noticed. That you've been so vocal about like that cut off age at eighteen, just being too pressurized and like there's no like safety net in that age you know you have you may have aftercare but it's some people don't get that and then if you do get aftercare it might not be it's not good enough that's it it's like aftercare is um like you only kind of get aftercare support if you're in education like Mm. some people like that are in the care system don't actually finish mainstream school yeah. They might do like um fast courses or like uh other other courses like that, and yeah. then maybe like they don't know what they want to do after them courses are done. Maybe they want to go on to college to progress in, in say their career that they've the career path that they've chosen, or like they want to take a year out just to regather their, their thoughts and to mm. just figure themselves out and to kind of grow as a person and to just sometimes be in an education like it is a very big strain and you're supposed to know what you want to do. Like I, as I said, like before I wanted to be a gym instructor and now look at me, I'm com- completely not in that industry. Um, but like, it's, it's so sad to see that you only get aftercare supports if you're in education. Yeah, so basically so they're trying emphasis. to, like, obviously, yeah, like I understand obviously, yeah, your education is important but like it's not the I'm street smart yeah. yeah like I'm street smart I'm not book smart but like ask like if you ask me something of like an area of interest that I have I'll be able to like name everything off to you mm. of my own knowledge and like of stuff like that instead of yeah. like looking in a book like if you handed me a book of like everything that I've been through I'd probably read about two pages and be like I cannot like it's not going in but like I as uh, I'm a kinesthetic <laughs> learner like I, I learn yeah. with my hands so like I can I'm a quick learner when it comes to like activity like do you know what I mean like do you know kin- kinesthetic learner like yeah, I'm, yeah. I learn while doing things and like but I can't sit down and read a book about it so like yeah, and if someone like, told me mm-hmm build a wall like and showed me how to build a wall i'd be able to do it but if you gave me a book a manual on how to build a wall i'd look at the manual and be like oh god you want me to build this but if someone showed me how to do it first and then i do it if you get me if that makes sense mm. yeah like and i i, I think 
what you're saying is so true because I've no like it's one thing that like it like it's just if you aren't in care you're given those options to explore other areas like whereas if you're in care because of the way aftercare works is that like you're kind of expected to pick a course any course as long as you can just sit in that course and progress even if you don't like it there's so much emphasis on like why you just need to prove that you're in education even though it's like your education could be you know doing art not in a not in a school but it could be like in a youth club or something like that like you know and I don't think aftercare looks at that like and no, I, I think really that's I, I think that needs it needs to be expanded you know it's just such a narrow um viewpoint of what like progression like of what being a successful adult is you know you need to go to university you need to um get it uh, you need to as soon as you finish u- university you need to have a house you need to have uh, a job you know you need to just be so successful to be a care leaver and it's that's not like it's too much pressure you know for anyone yeah not especially without like the support that many other young people would get, do you know? I know, like it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's and, backwards. Um, like if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so traditional. It's just such a when we're seeing so so many people like do so well through FOSS courses. That, like it's not actually it's not even called FOSS course anymore. It's called something else. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, but you know, it's it's like there's so much like there's so many different avenues for pe- for young people now but for care for when you leave care it still seems to be you you have to do education a certain way and uh, yeah. and i think that's so so wrong like and that's why we're trying to yeah so dated so dated You're it's dead, like right? it's like, so dated yeah yeah like way too dated like hello like grow up <laughs> yeah. like but, we're um, in 2020 yeah <laughs> not 1980 <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but uh so yeah so like I, this is why i really wanted you on the, the podcast so that we could talk like a bit about this because like we're similar age obviously and like we've kind of like had similar experiences in some ways you know and it's like i and i really want to talk like about this because it's something that's always in my head like the difference between get like when you're given options and when you have to follow a narrow path, like, you know, people just will fall off that path if it's too narrow, yeah. you know, obviously, you know. And um, so I, I think that kind of, like, definitely segues into our next point about um, being on The Late Late Show. So me and Danielle were both on The Late Late Show with a few other people talking about our experience. It was for uh, Care Day. So we were just trying to raise awareness about what the care experience is like and um, and just really trying to bring it to other people like that would never have any idea about what it's like to be in care, which we were grateful that The Lately Show and Ryan Toby like, um, could allow us to do that, like which was great. Um, so Danielle, my question is, what... First of all, what did you think of The Late Late Show? And then what did you end up talking about? <laughs> oh, The Late Late Show was absolutely amazing. Mm. Um, like, uh, I went back to work there a couple of weeks ago and um, mm. my boss man actually turned around to me and said, uh, you know, it's your one off The Late Late Show. I don't know, I actually forgot all about it. But like, I'll never forget my phone absolutely blowing up that night. 
uh, everyone like texting me saying, oh, they seen me and congratulating me and everyone else that was on. Um, but it was absolutely amazing. Like, I, I can't believe that little L me was on the Late Late Show. Like, yeah. And you, you got like, you were so like, I think out of all of us, like you really hit home what the issues were and what the experience was really like for you and why kind of we need to keep raising awareness. Like, you know, you really just hit home on so many great points. Like, um, do you want to talk a bit about kind of what, what you were talking about? Yeah, so basically um, I went on and I was talking about education um, mm. and how many uh, homes I was in. So I was in 11 uh, different uh, placements uh, within six years of being in care. Yeah. Um. So that's that's nearly double, actually. So that's pretty much like every six months, like I was kind of moving around. Yeah. It's like two placements a year. Um. And then I was talking about kind of education and where I started, like, or where I kind of. I was talking about education and how far I got in mainstream education to where I am now. Yeah. Um, so basically, I was talking about, I was, I experienced homelessness three different times. Once when I was 15, once at 18 and once um, at 20, at 20, uh, 20, 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so three different experiences with three different outcomes. Um, once was child childhood homelessness um so i was 15 but i was still in school at the time um so i was in transition year and basically everyone was like oh you need skill you need education and i was like yeah no i want to get out of this rut that i'm in so i decided to keep going to school even though i didn't have stable accommodation i didn't Mm. have a uniform i didn't even have a school bag not a pencil not a journal to my name i was literally just going in to try and like kind of have something to do during the day, try keeping on track and stuff like, um, so then I was in school obviously and kind of people in my class kind of knew my situation and knew what was going on, but they still didn't stop them bullying me. Yeah. Um, like I was a smelly child. Um, I, people used to say, oh, at least I have family. Uh, at least I like, saying horrible nasty stuff like yeah, uh, yeah and I used to blame myself for that um so then they just wanted to kind of talk about kind of how uh, how I felt kind of all through that and it was it was absolutely horrible like but mm. I came out on the other side of it um definitely even though, yeah like even though like I went through kind of homelessness at three different times um I I still I'm still here thank god like um and i've made it like even though like i I went through all the hardship um, i experienced homelessness then again at 18 uh coming out of my residential unit yeah um i ended up getting a private rented uh property and then that broke down so then i found myself in homelessness again um, I was literally okay. only out of care four or five months and then I found myself in homelessness again but then like I had my daughter down when I was 19 um, and that changed everything for me like as I said like when I was like 
18 I wanted to be a gym instructor and I was like oh mm. I'm gonna be a PT blah blah whatever um, but then once I had my daughter Ellie uh, I flipped a switch in my head and I wanted to make sure that she was set up for life and I wanted to better myself for her that it wasn't just about me anymore it was about her so yeah. I wanted to make sure that I could provide for her financially I could have a safe place for her I had a roof over my head for her like literally it wasn't just about me anymore it was about or um even still to this day like I'm always like thinking of of ways that I can do this for her like make things easier for her in life um so they're really interested in the fact that like I started off as this 15 year old not knowing what I wanted to do to now at 25 like 10 years on like having family like like, mm. yeah I have my own family like I'm in my forever home like I've I've pretty much made it in my eyes like and in yeah. her eyes like and um, in most people's eyes as well do you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i don't think you give yourself enough credit for how like how where you come from to now like being like and no. it's it's because of that fucking the what the, the thing that they throw down our throats about being a successful care lever do you know <laughs> yeah like i i'm my own worst critic like Mm. Uh, like even to now like obviously every child acts up like every child um, but like when I scream at her well I'm not screaming at her but like that sounded absolutely <laughs> horrible you know like when I'm giving out to her if she does something yeah. wrong and I'm giving out to her and I'm storing like yeah. like if the window's open I'm always fearful that like my neighbour is going to report me because they know that I was in care and they're like oh she was in care she can't look after her kids like mm. it's it all that always sits in the back of my mind because I'm a care leaver and now I have my own family. I feel like people judge me and are like, "Oh, is she gonna get her kids taken off her? Is she like gonna yeah, be able to repeat the circle like repeat yeah. the cycle?" It is. It's it's so vicious. Like, mm. but I feel like that over my dead body. Like she will go into care. Like I give my all to her. Like I try my best. I'm not yeah, perfect. That's yeah. not what I'm saying. But, like, the way that I was brought up is not the way that she's going to be brought up, like. Yeah, and I think, like, you're so, like, you're just, just to add to that point, like, you know, you do hear so many people talk about, like, it, it, it goes one or both ways, you know, like, it's, like, if you either repeat the cycle or you break the cycle and it's, like, I, I don't even think there should be like conversations about that, you know, I don't, because I, I, I think you're putting then, like you're almost assuming that things are going to go bad, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't like when people um bring that into into a, a conversation um like, oh, this person has care experience. So they have, there's, there's, like they obviously don't really know how to have a family or anything, you know? And I just think it's like, yeah, it's, it's just a really horrible like assumption you know to make about no, people it is and I'm my own worst enemy because I feel like other people are thinking that about me so I judge myself mm. like yeah stigma isn't it like do you know yeah it's literally it's just attached with it and I really think like I think that's why I use my my voice uh with epic and um like because I've been through so much at such a young age and with Ellie, like, I I literally, like, I'm, I'm like, living proof that the cycle can be broken. Yeah. 
yeah even when you're on the late late show talking about that like you could just like even think about it like you know um, the amount of women that are that would have been maybe in your situation a, a few years ago or whatever like are, are seeing you so like like it's there is a path out of this you know there is kind of like it's you don't have to like fall into what other people are expecting you know no you don't have to fall between the cracks like yeah yeah it is it is obviously hard at the time and i know obviously your mental health like you will get dragged you will you'll have in i'll be honest like you'll have more dark days than positive days in them situations but like you have to remember that you're fighting for yourself yeah like and obviously like your kids or whatever but like it's just it's so so easy like to get once someone says a bad thing about you like you start thinking am I doing this right is this like you just you start judging yourself and you start like making these scenarios in your head that's never going to happen but it's yeah. just that one comment that someone can make to you. Like, I'll never Opens forget like being so on a bus much. with Ellie. Yeah, being on a bus with Ellie and like if she was crying on the bus and like people like staring at you because your child's upset on the bus and like you're trying everything like to try and settle them. It's just like when people like start giving you dirty looks, like it makes you feel so uncomfortable. Mm. So uncomfortable. Like it's just, yeah, it's mad. Yeah, I, I, like it's so funny that, that that you're saying that like it's a bit different to you to, to you because i know there is so much stigma about like kind of people that have that are, are having children um with, with their kind of experience like that d- definitely is something to talk about but like even just the like because i do that a little bit like um like say if i do something wrong like i like say if i i, I don't know like i like like recently like i was in Tesco my bag just totally ripped like after I was walking out like because I packed too much stuff into it like and I just I was like for a little moment I was like 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 I, I was just so critical of myself when I saw people watching me I was like like there was like they think I'm care experience you know like, like you know like yeah. it was just it, it always kind of goes back to that like little like it's that stigma that you hold yourself even like about yeah like, we're, we uh, are our own worst enemies. Yeah, en- yeah. yeah, enemies. Sorry. Yeah, and and like and it's like yeah, there's definitely the worst enemy part, but it's also like it's when you hear so much of the negative stories and stuff. Like you just there's so much um there is just so much stigma out there about about, about care, care experience people to the like to the point where it does like it, it definitely impacts on my life and I've like try i've grown to kind of like like separate the like i know what's the i know what my the the stigma that i hold and i know kind of what my own reality is you know that not every not that that person in the shops doesn't know that i'm care experienced you know yeah (laughs) but it's yeah it's just doesn't i don't think it goes away until like much much later in life you know (laughs) no i honestly like i still think about it every every day well most days i like um Yeah, which is it's, why I hate. Yeah, and it's why I hate the term care lever because, like, you don't really ever leave care. You know, you're always no. That's still a part of your life. You know, it's always going to be there, and it's like that. Just how like kind of people reflect on growing up in their own home. Like, like I'll always reflect on growing up in like with staff or whatever. You know. <laughs> 
yeah, like I'm the same. I'll always remember kind of all the stuff like um, where like it's just it's so weird mm. that we had like 12 different people looking after us. Yeah. Um, where like normal people just have like their mom and dad. No, and normal dad, people. Like, <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> A normal family, like as they yeah, say, yeah. but like it's 2020 now, like what's normal now? Yeah, like true. I feel like I feel like the care system's so outdated and like things kind of do need to change because Ireland's changing, like yeah, the yeah. world's changing, like everything is so outdated. Um, like there's so many different laws or not different laws, there's so many, um policies and procedures mm. that yeah. like would have worked back in the day maybe like yeah. 30 years ago but like it's the just world not really is, cool anymore yeah. no the world's more modern now yeah there's yeah. a lot more services and there's there's a lot more kind of like modifications done mm. like yeah. ireland's grown in the past yeah. like 30 years so I really do feel like the policies and procedures, some policies and procedures and stuff like do need to be looked at um, to be readjusted to yeah. a modern Ireland. Yeah. And, and just even, modern yeah. day stuff. And just even like saying that there, it's like we see some countries doing that. Like we know, um, I think, oh my God, I, I, I need to actually check it, but <laughs> I think it's it's New Zealand that has actually decided to completely go from top to bottom of their whole, every policy and legislation that affects care experienced people is going to be like reviewed. So it's a full yeah. care review. And I know there's other countries that are fighting for it, like Scotland, I know they're continuously fighting for it. And, but it's just like Ireland needs it, you know? We're yeah. Just like what we're, we're saying so now. by the book, like yeah, Ireland yeah. are so by the book. But, and the book was released in 1980, you know? <laughs> like, well, yeah. not then. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's, as I said, like, it's such a modern Ireland, like. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. like, things, it's still the same policies and procedures that were, like, back in, like, 1970. Like, yeah. they might have worked back then, but it's a but completely no, different no. Ireland now. Yeah, like, leaving. It's like Generation Z and um, mm. Millenniums, like, I mean... Two completely different generations, two completely different, uh, like, outcomes. Yeah, yeah, and lives and everything, you know, like, oh, yeah. it's it's so, like, yeah, I, I'm, it actually brings us to, like, we're, to one of my next questions, actually, it's, um, is there, there's two questions I want to ask, actually, but I'll start, I'll start with the first one, like, I always kind of end with these questions, like, and I say, like, my internet connection is probably so happy that this interview is nearly over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, it's hanging on by a thread at this stage, like, you know. But, have you um, still got that dial-up tone, have you? Yeah, <laughs> Are you like, back in I, 1970 I'm, there with yeah, your dial-up I'm, tone? <laughs> Yeah, like that's I'm here with with the Child Care Act with me, Joe. <laughs> <But>, um, <laughs> is there anything you'd like people to know about being being care or being care experienced? If you could let anyone just know anything about you, um, about me? No, just about kind. It can be about you, but just, just in general. 
just in general, but like, what what would you like to just the person on the street? Like, you've actually you've probably already answered this at this stage, but this is what would you like people to know about being care experienced that people might not know about? Um, we have the same goals as mm. every like as a normal person as like if that's what you want to call them, yeah. but like we have the same goals, but we just have like one or two extra hurdles to jump over like everybody everybody everywhere has hurdles being in care just has them extra hurdles and like the extra protection and stuff attached to it because you need to get permission and stuff and there's just so much like kind of that you have to go through yeah but like we have the exact same goals we want to go to we want to get jobs we want to get a house we want we want to do the exact same things as you yeah yeah but we just have to jump over one or two extra hurdles to get there yeah i totally totally agree like there's there's not much if you were to put 100 care experienced people in one room and 100 normal people in one room and done a survey like play like family fortunes or something like guarantee the answers would be very similar like i can't see like if you wanted to go to edu- like if you want to get a job or an apprentice or yeah. apprenticeship or whatever, like everyone just kind of wants the same thing. Like they just yeah. want the job in the industry that they're really interested in. They just want to to just do their own thing. They just want to live. Yeah. They just they just want to live. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's something I, I, I like, yeah. I don't think people realise that. And I don't I also don't think like even like the aftercare system realizes that that it's like it's if we have similar goals like everyone else like you know um and like and when, and when you think about it like when like like say in 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 the government or in CEOs or you know like do like I've I don't know any care experienced people that are in government I don't like no. for, like under my understanding like there isn't there's never been any you know and that's yeah. what I want to, to know like why that is how come so many people like um like d- like like have the supports to go out and do that but yeah we just don't see if we don't have the support like to, to yeah. sit in like a university to study politics yeah, I, yeah. I know like I'd, I'd have myself an awful day like yeah. I have a big interest in, in politics since I went to college and I have to give a big shout out to um my teacher in Sally Long College, um, Sinead. Hey, Sinead. Like, the way, <laughs> the way she taught um, politics to us, like, it really just sat. And I think because of all the work that I do at Epic, I understood it a hell of a lot more because of kind of where I came your, from. But Your yeah. own work, yeah, and your own experience. Yeah. But, like, and also, like, your own, like, the stuff that you do on the council is so ama- amazing. Like, you know, you're definitely, like, I like we have a nickname for it, for Danielle. Like, she's the mammy of the council. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she keeps us, like, under control. You know? <laughs> <laughs> mammy McGarry. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and, like, I, yeah, uh, like, it's, it's everyone I've talked to has kind of had different answers for that, like, which is so interesting. Um, some people bring up, uh, it was about mentorship, that how, like, like, that, that care experience people are just lacking kind of, like, me, like, uh, people that have lived through something 
to like yeah. to show like this is like this is what I did you know this is how I kind of like did this like whatever and how that's lacking for like people in care do you know absolutely like and I, yeah and I really like like that like but it's it's great that, I like, like, that as well different uh questions I think that was Thomas actually that said that <laughs> yeah sounds, that sounds like a Thomas thing to say yeah, not that yeah so that my is last, right. no, he's right though. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, and yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was great to to talk to actually because he has. It's great, kind of like knowing that there's so many different experiences out there. You know, like um, but uh, my last question is, what would you like to change about the care system if you could change anything at all? Um, would definitely be aftercare. Yeah, I feel yeah. like. The work that staff and like foster carers and stuff do, like it's always kind of going to change, but or like it's always kind of going to be the same standard of care, and mm. um, maybe one or two like changes. But a really big thing that needs to change is aftercare. Yeah, it's so um, underdeveloped. Literally, like it's so outdated. It's yeah. it's based on education. It's there's just so many tweaks that need to be done to it um so that people like so that young people like don't fall through the cracks and and go down bad paths and like become yeah. homeless like and to show like that they can do things without being in education like you know education isn't the key to everything yeah i yeah, might have true. a few answers but it's not the key to everything yeah. it's not and the key to success yeah. And if you're not, and, and like, if you're not someone, like, there's so many people that we see today now that just, they're just not into, into education, like, and that should be an option for people. No. That there should be, like, ways of doing aftercare and getting all of the support from aftercare without being in education. And, like, that's one thing that I would, like, if I could change something as well, that would be, I, I'd start with just totally, like, going through aftercare policy with like a comb and trying to just change everything about it <laughs> but yeah, like literally for like, the education thing is so important it's it just needs to be tweaked and changed it's not yeah it's not but reflective of us today. no but there's a lot of other things as well it's not just about education it's yeah but that's the big the one age yeah. and accommodation yeah. and but like it all falls down how you it's so like the only reason why you get aftercare is if you're in, in education on that that's like the decision maker mm. so it's pretty much like kind of forcing you into education so that you can get yeah. supported which yeah. is is wrong you should it's, be supported yeah, yeah. either way regardless, regardless. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah regardless of your situation you should be report reported and you should be supported <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There should be a responsibility on the on the state. If you come from state care, there should be a responsibility that, like, well, the state has been my parent for this long. Why is it suddenly taken away at this age? You yeah. know, when we see it's your support blanket. Yeah, it's not like you know we we it's really like, not fair. I uh, I talked to someone recently actually that if like if we, like in the UK they kind of call the state the. Uh, it was something about being the state as a parent and it's like if the state if the state in Ireland is a parent it's not a great parent because who would kick out their kid at 18 do you know in today's Ireland <laughs> yeah and I think that kind of sums up our whole like like conversation today <laughs> um, 
yeah and yeah, I'm so glad that like you took the time out to kind of talk to me I'm glad this. you invited me on yeah like I was I was, when I was setting this up I was like there's there's a few people that I Thanks so much for listening. I'm going to link Danielle's interview for more to e on the Inside Out podcast, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, so you can watch more of our raising awareness of the care experience. And if you can, send this podcast to anyone you know that you think might have an interest in this kind of topic. And if you have any other ideas or topics that I should discuss, leave a comment or message on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram for the Inside Out podcast. Thanks. See you again soon. Inside Out with Dylan Nolan is presented by me, Dylan Nolan, and produced and edited by Jerry Horan of Contact Studio.